time for my L.A. sisters. One time, one time. Got the spot open up one time. I found patience is a virtue. One and out, yeah. When push came to shove. One what? One love. One love. One love. Welcome to the Day One Lifestyle and Friends, the podcast. This is episode 13. I got Muffin Man Muff to the right of me, and I got special guest, friend of the show, as Jay Budden would say on his podcast, Eric Jordan. What's up? It's lit. Back up in the podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in again. Um, you can follow us all on social media. Follow Garrett at Fabs304. Follow me at the Muffin Man 32 uh, Follow the Twitter at Day, the number one lifestyle. And Eric, uh, where can they follow you at? You can follow me at MonsterLung, M-O-N-S-T-L-U-N-G, at Twitter. And, uh, yeah. All right, yeah. So we figured we'd bring Eric on, like I said, friend of the podcast, friend of us in real life. We wanted to bring him on this week because, not just because of the finals, but we thought he'd have some interesting takes. And it also seems like in a lot of our podcasts, we like to talk about the old days and Eric's got a few few years on us, so <laughs> we figured why not bring him on and, and talk a little bit about the NBA back then to what it is now, music, and anything else that we're going to talk about today. So appreciate you guys that have listened to the first 12, and like I said, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend and all that, and we'll get to it. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We just want to give the listeners a little bit of info about yourself. What should we start about? I guess you can start back. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I've been uh, in the arts entertainment all my life and athletics, too. Um, you know, for a long time, I thought I was going to be an, uh, uh, a professional athlete. But when that reality kicked in that I wasn't, um, my second love which might have been my first love, the arts and entertainment uh, became my thing. And I've been doing that, you know, with my father. My father uh, was very, very active in in, in, uh, in the arts. And I don't mean like, because you wouldn't know him or nothing like that, but he just, that's all he did. So I saw that with my own eyes and, and kind of like took that on too, so. Do you think that you being with like in like I guess involved with arts do you think that made you I guess more creative when you had to go uh, play sports and different things because I I know like for myself I could I could make like uh, like different training plans on the fly and just you know get creative with my workouts and stuff so do you feel like that made you more creative and be able to excel in your sport life well I'm not sure if it did or not but one thing I my mother did she my mother was one of those mothers who took TVs out and said you got to read so like, you know, every once in a while she thought we wasn't doing enough reading, she'd take the TVs out. I would read, when I read, I read nothing but those sports, sports books, you know, like the John Woodens and the, and the um, you know, whatever it was, you know, back in the day. And I saw their work techniques. And that's what I, I think I really got that from that. that I found my work ethic through that. I, I started designing my own little like um, training and drills for my own self. Reminds me, I was living in Baltimore. We lived in Baltimore for a year. And there was this 
I read one of those books, and I think it was Lynn Swan who came up with his own kind of drills. So it was this one high bush. It went like, you know, all the way across the yard. So I would walk 10 feet away from that, turn my back to it. And this was a drill that I practiced. I did like 10 reps of this every day. Take the football, throw it back towards the bush in the air, you know, high enough so I could spin around, run, and dive across the bush just catching the ball. So, yeah, I used to do that kind of Beyond the point, I'm Matt Eric at West Virginia University, and he's a program coordinator for WVU. That's just one of the things he does. He does a lot of other things for the uh, community in town. So you grew up in Cleveland, and then when did you move to West Virginia? Oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, get ready for this ride. Um, like I said, my father was a poet and a playwright, so he did a lot of traveling. So from Cleveland, he took a shot in L.A., Went a couple, I went a year or so out there, not in LA, actually um, Santa Barbara, and then to Berkeley. And I was out there for a minute, then my mom moved out there with him, and then we moved to Oxnard. Came back to Cleveland for about a year or two, then um, made it down to Tuskegee, Alabama. I was down there for a couple years. At, at what age are we talking right now? Man, this is, this is from like nine to... 13. Okay. This all how happened from 9 to 13. Um, it's basically my dad trying to take his shot. So he's going where the action is. You know what I'm saying? It was in Cali. A couple of um, small production houses picked up his um, plays. One was in Atlanta. One was in Alabama, which was, was in Tuskegee. No, I'm, I'm wrong about that. We went to Tuskegee because my mother was going to school there. My mother graduated from Tuskegee. And then um, the production company picked up his play in Baltimore. Then we picked up, went to Baltimore, and then from Baltimore we moved to to Anstead, to Anstead, West Virginia. That was seventh grade for me. And then you've been here since. I've been here, yeah, since. In West Virginia. Well, not in West Virginia. I mean, I went, after I went to school and did my grown-up thing. Well, and let's let's talk a little bit about that because for those podcast listeners that's listened since episode one, you know that Muff is from the Salisbury Ocean City area. Okay, just Salisbury, not Ocean City. Around the way, though. And you happen to also go to college in Salisbury. Yes. Now, of course, that would be before my time, so I wouldn't know, <laughs> you know, what that life like was um, back then. But I know, like, they've added on a whole lot of things since I've been born, since I, you know, because every time, every like, every restaurant pretty much and like, all the fast food places is right there on that strip with the college. Mm -hmm. And I've seen them expand and add, like, three or four different colleges. Like, what is it like? I guess back when you were going, you know, to school, like what was like the town like or, um, you know, the actual college and everything? It was dead. That town was dead. Like still and, is. Yeah, like I said. No, just kidding. I ain't never been and, there. And, <laughs> it's, like slower, it's like a smaller town, but I mean, it's 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 stuff going on now. I guess, oh now, no, yeah, like and, and like you know, we used to definitely clash with the with the locals. I'm not trying to be that, but it used to be a thing back then. I think it was a thing at all colleges, you know. You know, college kids versus local kids. I don't know if y'all do that still to this day. But that used to be like an activity. Like, you know, we're going to meet the parking lot in the Friday night. Go do what you're going to do, then we'll meet, at the Friday, we'll meet in the parking lot, and, you know, we'll get down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I got to Salisbury crazy because um, I when I graduated from high school, I tried to walk on at Marshall for basketball. And, uh, you know, I played 
I've, I played for Morgantown High here, and Yester had me, Coach Yester had me playing power forward. I adapted well to it, but I was a power forward for three, four years. When I got up to walk on the Marshall, I had to learn turn into a point guard, going against Skip Henderson, who was one of the, you know, he was an All-American at that time. This was a, when the Marshall was in the Southern Conference. And um, I didn't make the team, but they liked my work ethic so much, they let me stay around the team. And then one of the coaches made a call for me, and I went to um, play ball at Garrett, Maryland, Garrett College. Ain't that crazy? Garrett, Maryland? Garrett, Maryland, yeah. baby. That's what but, it's all uh, about. I played a couple years there, Garrett, and then I got a partial scholarship to Salisbury. And that's how I got to Salisbury. And the town, it was, yeah, I just remember it was like you go through it in a blink of an eye. And, um, you know, our, the, our coach didn't really want us to, like, really go out in town. He was like, stay, kind of like stay on campus, you know, don't get in trouble kind of thing. And I definitely had a crew that would get in trouble. So when we did go out, we would head down to Ocean City. Maryland Eastern Shore popping the way it was popping when I was, when you was in? Um, I I don't really know. Like my, I think my mom, she went to, to UMES um, a couple years. I want to say when she was getting her master, she was there. Um, but like, I, I never like, cause UMES is closer to pretty much in Princess Anne, which is about like 30 minutes away from Salisbury. Mm -hmm. So I never really was down there. I was poor, more so like in Salisbury and then wherever I was playing baseball or basketball at was where I was at. So I can't really say, but like, I know for a fact that like, since I've of course been born, like they've added on to that too as well. Mm -hmm. And that area has been, you know, picked up a little bit, but. Now, do you know about the legendary parties of UMES? No, I do not. Yeah. When I what? Oh, what was that? Oh, ah, he caught me off guard with that. You know, um, that's the first time I saw Jay-Z. For real? Yeah, this is when Jay-Z was about, strictly a drug dealer, too. Yep, actually, because yeah. I think he was uh, around, like, Cambridge and stuff. And, yeah. Like, right on the shore and everything, yep. He would come to UMES with his crew deep. They'd be in Jags, Porsches, straight. It'd be, it's, you wouldn't see nothing like it. And they would just, like, you know, and they, they was the kind of people who make sure the party went right. So, like, they, you went to one of their parties, you ain't have to pay for nothing. Everything was just, you know. But, you know, that, I knew Jay-Z as Jay-Z the, the dude the before he was Jay-Z the rapper. Yeah. I what just, song was that that he was talking about taking trips to where you just said, Muff? I want to say it was um, it was an H to the Izzo. He was like something I used to be in the home, and the, home of the Terrapins. I'm talking... Very good verse. I can't think of what it I know is. Exactly though. what you're talking about. I can't think of it either. I know what you're talking about. Um, it's gonna come to me. Oh, am I thinking of Biggie? I might be thinking of Biggie. Nah, it's gonna it's gonna come to me. I'm thinking of one Biggie said trips down to Maryland, yeah, caravan. Since you and Muffer, like I said, uh have a little experience in Muff's hometown and, and you, you went to college there off the podcast before you were telling us about a guy. Russell Springman was Russell my, Springman. Russell Springman was my, um, our starting point guard. And our star player at that time was Andre Foreman. But uh, our starting point guard was Russell Springman. I was telling Muff uh, earlier how his work ethic was or just a whole nother level back then. You know, we would, he had keys to the gym. I, I hope he don't get mad at us, but I think he, I'm pretty sure he was a virgin. He, and he, like, he was proud of being a virgin type thing, you know. And then got nothing against virgins, but it was just very rare to see one in college, you know. But we would be going out at night, and you see a light on in the gym, and it'd be that dude in there working out, 
you know, come later on, he, he was the assistant coach of Texas under Rick Barnes for years until Rick Barnes just lost his job. I mean, Coach Kevin Durant, I don't know how hands-on he was with Kevin Durant, but he was the head assistant, so I'm pretty sure he was pretty hands-on, and plus a bunch of other players that came out of Texas, you know. But, yeah, yeah, Russell was bad. Russell's, Russell's work ethic, and I refer to it to this day. When I need to be like, when people say gym rat, that's the first thing that comes in my mind. I heard that term before then, and, you know, I thought I knew what a gym rat was, but no, that was a gym rat. Yeah, he, didn't, he, he didn't go to parties. He went to the gym. You know, coach, coach ain't give nobody else no keys to the gym. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was our captain and all that. But if you couldn't trust that guy, you couldn't trust nobody. Now, back then, was it uh, still called Mag's Gym, or was it a different gym that you went to? You know what? I actually don't remember. Mm. I want to say the gym was kind of new, though. Okay. I think we were really talking about it. Talking about it, it was kind of new. Um, but I tell you, when I was when I left Salisbury, they were really building. Yeah. They was building like crazy. They had new, like, remind me what's going on here at WU. They had stuff just popping up all over the place. And, um, you know, Purdue was the, you know, that's the big benefactor there down there. Yeah. Purdue chicken. Man. Shout out Purdue. Yeah, shout out Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making some chicken wings tonight. <laughs> yeah, hey, I might be too now. <laughs> Y'all are too much, man. I did not know that, though. Purdue's big down there, huh? Yeah, yeah that's where he's from. Yeah, he's, he's the dude that. Salisbury. After Salisbury, where's life take you? Okay. After Salisbury, life takes me on a crazy. My son, I got um, my um, son's mother was pregnant our senior year. So, you know, life got real for me real quick. Um, Had to make some decisions. So I jumped into retail management. And uh, my son's mother was from the D.C., Maryland area. So that's where we moved up to. So I was doing... Retail management in places like Waxy Maxies and Oxen Hill. Um, I was in Prince. I was in the, all over PG County. You know, whether it was um, Blockbusters or you know whatever retail management. I did that for a couple years, and I was like, "This ain't gonna do it. This is not, you know, gonna take care of the things I want to do." And um, so from there, uh, my cousin, you know, he's. <laughs> Put it simple. He's a gangbanger. He was banging out in Seattle, and he was talking about how his boys were coming up, and he knew I was into the music, and he's like, "Yo, there might be some cats out here with some dough who want to invest." Blah blah blah. I jump on the plane. I head out to Seattle, and I walk right into a John Singleton movie. It was just like that. It was like as soon as I got off the, as soon as I got off the plane, I hopped in his car. He's like, "Cuz, love you." Blah blah blah. I got some beef going on here. I really need you here. I, I told you one thing, but I really need you here for something else. And I need you to have my back. And he handed me the 38. And I was like, okay. You know, I didn't come out for that, you know, but that's what I walked into. So I was out there for about a year in Seattle. Um, had to get back because my son, you know, he has been he was born by now, you know, and had to come back and make something happen. That didn't happen. So I came back, worked a little bit for another year in Maryland. And uh, then got all my money together and my crew together and made a crew move to Atlanta because that's when Atlanta was popping. You know, this is this is Freak Nick. This is, uh, this is yeah, this is, you know, this is 96. I'm down there in 96. Outcast is just coming out. In fact, I was down there doing um, open mics with CeeLo Green, um, I-20, um, Titty Boy, who's now 2 Chains, you know, 
I, you know, and my crew was winning it. That's what's crazy, you know. But you know, that's on my Al Bundy hip hop thing right now. I do my Al Bundy sports, and I got my Al Bundy hip hop. Cause you know, every old school guys talk about the golden days. We get at the yeah, Al here Bundy. Here he goes. Here he goes. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, went to Atlanta. Um, man, a lot of stuff happened in Atlanta. A lot of stuff. We're in Atlanta. Um, I was in Atlanta for about four years, and. Um, doing a lot of things there was based around my aspirations of making it in the music some things I do regret learned a lot of hard lessons at that time um, had to build myself from the floor up a couple times uh, but um, learned some good lessons out of that um, didn't go the way I want and then I was like all right time's up I tried moving my son and his mother down there with me that didn't work um, and I was like, well, if they can't come to me, I got to be where he's at. So I moved back to D.C. and uh, started working around that in the D.C. area. I started doing AV, Hotel AV. <laughs> Y'all know what that is. Okay. Hotel AV is like uh, basically this for like meeting rooms and stuff. Whatever they need, whatever they need in that room, whoever books that room, we handle whatever audiovisual Setups that he didn't know it was hard work for luck, not that <laughs> much money. Well, that's, so that's pretty cool. Nah, it was hard work. <laughs> I mean, I saw some crazy stuff because I worked at Capitol Hill Hyatt Regency. So, like, they did the um, big names, the con Congress stuff, Stevie Wonder, we did stuff. Like that. So, I learned, a, I learned a lot of the stuff that I do now doing Hotel AV. The biggest thing I, I learned, though, was walking in front of people and fixing stuff. You know, walking around a, a room of maybe a uh, 20 up to 100 people and be able to, you know, troubleshoot on the spot can be intimidating. But, uh, yeah, I got over it. <laughs> so, you've been a lot of places. I've been a lot of places. I didn't even say them all. Uh, right, okay. So, yeah. we're talking probably, what, 25, 26 at that, this time? You're, no. People going like, to know how old you are now. Yeah, yeah, I'm about 25, 26 25, now. 26. Yeah. And, uh... You came back. You, I mean, you came to West Virginia sooner or later down the road, right? I, after I moved back to D.C., I took one more shot with my music, and I went to New York. And what kind of music were you talking about right Hip -hop. now? Hip-hop. 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 DJing, what were you doing? Um, Every, some, anything it, behind the scene. When I first went all the way up to Atlanta, back then I was producing and rapping. I was on the mic and doing it. And then once we got to Atlanta, I became strictly, from there on, I became a producer. So I just started doing beats. And... Um, like I said, I moved back to D.C., then I went to New York. I went up there just to, to um, I had a lead. I had a lead. At that time, my brother was playing with Vin Baker. Well, no, he just got done playing with Vin Baker up in um, at Hartford, Connecticut. Because my brother played ball at Pitt, and then he transferred from Pitt to um, Hartford. And he was there the same year Vin Baker was. And this is after Vin graduated. This is like Vin's first two or three years in the league. But he was into hip hop and he was into my brother. And once again, it's another potential investor, you know what I'm saying? And Vin would do stuff like, you know, fly me out just to set up. He wanted to, uh, you know, he, he liked to get on the mic. You know, he wasn't trying to put out no records, but I think all NBA players, like, when they downtime. I was like, about to say, didn't they just yeah. come out with a track with about Kevin Durant in 2010 or 2011? They just been surfing. That's crazy. And LeBron's supposed to be with it, too. I heard it. Did you listen to it? I haven't listened to I it. Was, they had a snippet. And I, I definitely heard the one of the Wait, Have you heard the full song yet, though? No. I, we should we should find that and 
get that on the podcast. We'll dock it up here. Definitely. I want to hear it. Yeah. Because I, I think now I've seen, I think we were talking in the last podcast too, but there's a lot of athletes now that are even just, you know, rapping and putting it out now. Like even Lonzo Ball, he just put out a song and, you know, I mean, it was decent, but like, <laughs> he needs to stop. He stick to the basketball. I heard, I've heard worse rappers. I've heard, I've heard some, I've heard some bad artists, but beyond the point, I would like to say this too. In podcast twelve, we had Chuck Bryan on, and he said, "Oh, I, there's some clip of me rapping on somewhere." What I do, I just go to YouTube, and who took the video? Was this man right here, Eric Jordan, 2011? I got a few, few good video, uh, video footages of Chuck. <laughs> yeah, Chuck was a Chuck like, was a good guest, man. Yes, he was, and a good guy too. Like I always tell people, the one good thing about Chuck that I like is that we do our art camp every summer down there at Towers, and um, usually the basketball camps and stuff are going on in there. So there, all the camps are intermingling. One of our kids saw Chuck, Chuck Bryant, blah, 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 come talk to our camp, please, blah, blah, blah. You know, most athletes be like, oh, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Two hours later, Truck was up there, up at Evansdale, talking to our kids, man. And I thought that was one of the coolest things. I was like, dude, you're all right with me. But plus, I used to also see him in the wreck. Their work ethic was really good. He had a good work ethic always up in the wreck doing this thing. He but did, yeah. He did say he was always in the wreck, too, because like people yeah. had to, you know, either lose weight or gain weight, and he used to go up in there and... I mean, that's what I like to see, man. People working hard and always. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like once you have a good work ethic, it'll never stop, especially when you surround yourself with good people. Exactly. They really want to see the best for you. You're always going to continue that work ethic. Exactly. Exactly. I think sometimes uh, the hardest thing is, is, like you said, putting yourself around people with the same work ethic. Because, you you know, you hope your work ethic will, um, you know, bleed off into other people. A lot of times, it's those other people trying to pull you down out of your work ethic. Your surroundings is big. Yeah. Go back to Chuck. He could party. Oh, Chuck. Oh, he, hey, listen to Podcast 12. He gives I you a insight of everything. I did. I did. But I'm saying y'all don't even know the half. <laughs> you don't even know the half. <laughs> he, said, I mean, he said he enjoyed it, so I'll take his word for it. But going back, Eric, we still haven't got to what made you end up in West Virginia. So let's, let's give the listeners that before we dive into anything else. Okay. I'm up in New York shopping my beats. Um, I've actually got three accounts that I'm working with. I'm working with Takeitha from Wu-Tang. I'm working with um, Loon from Harlem World. Um, those are kind of like the big artists I work with. I was working with this Chicago group called Mellow Swing, who was one of Common's groups. Common had like a little groups from south side of Chicago. They actually flew me out to Chicago, and I stayed in Chicago for a year just recording those guys. That's a whole other story on own. We'll go there some other time. That's a whole other story on own. First time I've ever seen a group get spent over almost $50,000 and then they shop it. I saw a label do that. They didn't even put it out. They spent $50,000 on the group and me and didn't even put it out. Um, but I was working on that, all that stuff, and then New York ate me up. New York ate me up. I, it was just too expensive. It was too hardcore. I love New York. I love going for three or four days. After that, I need to go. I need to get out. <laughs> so basically new york's getting on getting on and i and then i even to the point where I, st- I moved to hartford connecticut and started commuting to new york um but like i said i was i was missing home around this time my brother's starting to send me demo tapes my brother lionel and as y'all know the 66240 and uh and he's getting nice and he's looking nice so also around the same time a lot of entrepreneurial record labels were popping up like no limit um bad boy you know so the 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 indie label was the way to go for inspiring, you know, for some inspiring hip hop cats. And um, 
That's what after all that after all I've been through in the last four or five years, going out to Seattle, going down to Atlanta, going to New York, I was ready to look for somewhere I could set up a home shop at. And I remember I came back to Morgantown one time. I was on the corner of High Street, right where Sub- Subway is right now. And I saw one of those mud four-wheel Jeeps pop, four, um, not Jeeps, but um, four-by-four trucks come up and had mud all the way up to the windshield. Banging Buster Rhymes. I was like, it's time for me to come home. It's time for me to come home. I was going, <laughs> I was like, I'm coming home. I'm going to lock down this indie label spot and, and make and do my indie label thing from here. Except for, you know, you know, if you shoot 10 years later, West Virginia is just too small for a demographic to do something. But at that time, I didn't know that. That was my reasoning for coming back to Morgantown. So that's what brought me back to Morgantown. My brother doing music, and plus I wanted to, st- I, didn't, I was tired of doing work for higher work because I was doing work for higher work as a producer there, and the work just wasn't steady. You know, I had some good leads, but they weren't ste- it wasn't steady work, and I wanted steady work. And um, I also met my wife when I went back to D.C. too in the last couple of years, and she went up to New York with me. She went to Hartford with me. And then I was ready to settle down, and then we both came in. Now you guys are in Morgantown. Yeah, now we're back in Morgantown. <laughs> we're in Morgantown. No, that's what's up. I just that's wanna, how I got here. Yeah, I, I had to give the listeners a little go around and circle on how you got back. <laughs> you know, it, well, I guess well Cleveland first, but then you know, then you went to West Virginia. But how did you come back to West Virginia? Um, and we even skipped the part of me being a 1983 Morgantown High State Championship football. Wow. Yeah. He's being that guy right now, huh? Shout out to the Mohegans, man. Yeah. I will always be a champion. I got to. Just I gotta, like LeBron. I got to shout out my old high school then. You know, it's closing down this year. And uh, a lot of good people. Great school. Great community. Sad to see it go. But, you know, um, it'll it'll live on, man. Shout out. Shout All good out things to, come to an end. Shout out to old Donia. Um, besides that, though, like I said, we appreciate Eric coming on give you a little backstory on him and i'm sure we'll have some more stories but as you guys know he already said he is a big cleveland guy um hometown and big fan i know last year he was pretty pumped when the cavaliers won this year so far it's looking a little uh i just want to know are you are you worried yet yeah i'm scared that team looks unreal i ain't never seen nothing like that i hate to say it i ain't never seen nothing like that um but i ain't never seen nothing like lebron either like what he did last year I, that was i just never seen nothing like that yeah, so that was that was definitely one of the most iconic iconic comebacks and for just for me the most iconic comeback i've seen in my personal life yeah but man this this warriors team is looking like a hand-picked aau team man it don't it look you know it looked worse than that. it looked it looked like a 2k a nba 2k where everybody's leveled up to 110 no restrictions, man. They 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 a problem. But I did see some things in the second game, and um, that was some light. I don't understand this rotation change with Fry not getting as much playing time now, and RJ coming off the bench more now. It was they were doing that a little differently at the end of the season, and, you know. And I really liked that second team. I really liked that that second unit when they leave LeBron on. and they bring in Corver and Duran, and they bring in um, they was bringing in Fry. And he's bringing in um, it was Braun, Corver, Fry. Was it RJ or is it Derek Williams either? Darren Williams. RJ wasn't it. That's yeah. what. That's the change they made. They start bringing in Fry, and I just like Fry can light it up. He can. And he, I think he's one of those people that that second team is one of those those teams that um, they get contagious. You know what I'm saying? They, one person hit a shot, the other one hits a shot. They get hot like that real quick. 
Yeah, that's we're talking about the the benches. Which bench was better? I personally said Cavs, but right now the Warriors is outshining them just by Iguodala, and even David West is getting some minutes, playing good. McGee, I mean, it's easy to play good when you have other great guys on the court. But I'm just saying, so far the Warriors bench has been outplaying the Cavs bench. Yeah, the, the bench hasn't showed up at all. No, not not that bench I was excited about. They have not showed up at all. And um, but you know what they say, bench players play better at home. Um, you know, the drilling's going to be through the roof for game three. It's going to be through the roof. I Personally, I think it's going to be a blowout for the Cavs. I think the Cavs are going to blow them out. What did you have? You had the uh, Cavs one in the six? six? I had the Cavs sweep. We're going we to win the six. But that was, that, was, that was the fan in me. That was the fan in me. We got to get him off this podcast right now. This basketball. This I don't basketball. know where you saw the Cavs sweeping Kevin Durant and Curry. I wouldn't believe Draymond Green. I wouldn't believe in the hype. You gotta understand. I was. You gotta understand, man. I've been. It took me so long to get here, to get to a championship. <laughs> I am a Browns fan. You know what that means, man. You are the pun of all jokes. Like you know, like the worst joke on on in in sports is well, at least you're not a Browns fan. I am a Browns fan. <laughs> Proud Browns fan. And. Um, you know, even though the Browns didn't win the Super Bowl, but it, the Cavs was enough for us. You know, it was enough, and if it, it it brought out so emotion. I mean, last year was you gotta understand the hype of how I was. I was rooting for him. I but I mean, for, for some, him. you guys get in my shoes though. What I'm saying is, as a Browns fan, a Cleveland fan, Game Six was on my birthday. I think I remember that. Game Seven was on Father's Day with my son. Me and my son watching the game. Man, you go through something like that, you think you can beat Bill Russell and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan all on the same team. LeBron, and coming back from 3-1, man, anything's possible after that. So that's where I was. But all it took was one game, (laughs) game one of the finals, and it came back to reality. I was like, whoa. My, My predictions, two bold ones. I've been wrong a lot of times in life. I still got the Cavs winner, but besides that, JR has been playing terrible. I think JR is going to start showing up, maybe chipping eight to ten points. So that's going to, if you consider that showing up. Number two is KD is going to go in a little slump here. Mm. Playing too hot. Well, I'll tell you about JR. I don't think JR is going to show up. The reason I, mean, I think JR is having a hard time coming back from that injury. And, and I just see, his, I'm just going, this is just me going off body and facial expressions of him. He's having mind games. I think he's yeah. doubting himself right now. Yeah. But I, I think, just like you said, players play a lot better at home. Right. I honestly think the, the Cavs are going to take these next two games because – I do too. Once you get you know get Kyrie going, he can't be stopped. You get LeBron going, he can't be stopped. And then everybody else is going to feed off it, just like you said. So right. I think they're going to take these next two. And they're going to get back to, you know, Golden State. And then Golden State's going to – I think it's going to be a close game in Golden State that – that uh, the fifth game, mm-hmm. but it's going to be because they're coming off those two wins in Cleveland. Right. And then I think they're just going to take it away. Six, because I got two meals on the line, so I'm just hoping that's what it's going to be anyway. I think it's going to full Two seven. dirty bird meals on the line. Two dirty bird meals. Yep. I Buffalo guys, chicken man. sandwich. Oh. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had that buffalo chicken sandwich? Man, yep. you gotta try it, man. Uh, we, we got I always tell people, man. I think because they take, I, I really do believe they strain the blue cheese dressing to catch all the blue cheese, and then they take that leftover blue cheese and they smear it on the sand on the bread, 
and put that on with the biggest piece of chicken breast you've ever seen. Yep. Lord have mercy. We we plan on uh, having a nice little podcast on there soon. Like I said, we have a couple live ones coming up, hopefully, that I, we'll be able to do. What I like about the finals so far right now has been the adjustments. Have y'all seen the adjustments? Like right now they're throwing Let's two. Let's talk about it. They're throwing, two at, <laughs> they, <laughs> they're throwing two at Kyrie right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so basically they're saying, LeBron, do what you're going to do. This dude ain't going to do it. And somebody else got He looked, gotta, he looked very flustered score. in game two. That's for sure. The first half, he looked yeah. very flustered. Well, he, he's working really hard. He, he is. He is. I you, think I think people take for granted what Delhi brought last year. I mean, I know it's a big joke. Dude. Man, I'm sorry, dude. Delhi is the dude when you go down to the wreck. Everybody gets picked up, but and there's a bunch of Delis left over. And the right and the right five Delis get picked up, and they win for the rest of the day. And knock off. I, that's my favorite part of sports. That like the dream team right there. That that's my favorite part of sports is when you when when all those so-called A-list players get on, and do you find a, a group of players who know the game, just simple stuff, box out, take it to the rack, talk on defense, stuff like that. When you do that and pick up, oh, I, I love that man. I love I love I love I love people. You know what I'm saying? And I I just love. The feisty Delhi, but my man Delhi helped helped us win that chip. I'm sorry. No, he did. He, he did. did. He he was he was like a like an Aaron Kraft in college almost. Even though Aaron, I think Aaron Kraft was more skilled for mm-hmm. high state. Mm-hmm. But you know, like people loved Aaron Kraft. He just died on the floor and stuff. But it brought attention. But he he was playing hard out there. Well, I tell you why I can relate to that because that's kind of the way I played. I, you know, I you know, I was really I'm really big on team defense. I'm really big on communication. And and I used to do mind games on defense. You know what I'm saying? I was I actually started a couple of clear out brawls in at um, Salisbury, so <laughs> at Salisbury in that gym, because uh, the dude was just doing me. I tried everything, and then I I, I hate to say it, but I did a little cheap shot. <laughs> you Draymond know over here. I, yeah, I, I had a little Draymond in my game. You know, because I I would I would talk on the court if I think that would mess with your mind to get you off your game. So. I'll do I'll do little mind games and stuff like that, but I play ball like that. I like that. So, moving forward, what do you think the Cavs need to do? Mm. Mm. You mean for the rest of the finals? Finals, man. Oh, for the finals. We ain't talking about next year getting Paul George or Carmelo <laughs> okay, or CP. Okay. That's what I thought you were talking. Now we're talking if they're trying to win this series. What needs to be done? Because it's the bench. It's the bench. I think. I think. What about big- Tristan Thompson? You know that's a, that's a good mm. point because mm. I think Steph Curry had more rebounds than him last game, and that's what he's known for is being it in is. that paint, altering shots, getting rebounds, and hustle plays. My big thing was I remember talking talk, talking to Muff about it was I wanted to see how Kevin Love did. What was the matchups going to be? Even though pick and roll is almost on every play, what were the matchups going to be? How was Kevin Love going to play? Kevin Love's played pretty well. Love's he could play good. better, but he's played pretty well. Right. Tristan was dominating. Right. Remember Boston, but then you think about who their big guys were, but. Golden State's playing small. So you think it would work out where Tristan would still eat, and he's been playing terrible. A lot of people was blaming the Kardashians, you know. Well, he broke up with them before the playoffs. But but you know what? Um, You're right about that because that kind of like was part of what helped us win last year because he was able to cover when they switched off. Christian was able to cover and shoot. Even look at Love on the last play of the game covering Curry. Well, that's just Curry just missing a shot. I don't know if that's more Love's defense, but he was in the right place. You know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, Christian was definitely a lot more active last year, and I think that might be part of the adjustments. This is it's just it's, I like the way Game Two played out 
different from game one. You could just see things differently of the, of the strategies the coaches were doing. So they, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, I think it's a real war going on the court and off the court. And when I say off the court, like, you know, different, different strategies and, 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 and trying to create di- different matchups. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, like, going back to, I guess, that the social media point and how, like, you know, how much it is, do you think that plays a, a part in, like, these players, like, getting to people's minds and everything? Because I know a lot of them do pay attention to the social media, if they, even if they say they don't. But do you think that's, like, a part of, like, why some of them can't focus and some of them can't get into their groove? Definitely. Mm-hmm. If they if if you if you listen to, to social media, you affect it. I don't care. There's no one in the world that says you might say it, but I you and I'm, I'm probably a handful of it. But if you watch social media and you're being talked about, you 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 know it's affecting you. It might you know it might not affect your game, but mentally it might. Have, you know what I'm saying? I think so. I think that's why LeBron, like they say, he just turns it off completely. Zero was it thirty? Yeah, yeah. We'll, I forget zero dark twenty three thirty or yeah. whatever he does. Um, LeBron's been a little, a little bit in the post game getting at the reporters, but the reporters been asking dumb questions to his defense. I, I actually I haven't seen those. Oh, you haven't saw it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dude, let me tell you how my how, how the final games go for me after we lose, like we have. I don't even watch. I haven't watched ESPN. I don't watch ESPN. I don't watch. Cause I just don't want to hear it. I don't even like getting on social media, Facebook, because those guys who know that I, I'm a Cast fans, they let me have it, and I'm a horrible loser. I'm horrible. I'm horrible. Same. I sulk. <laughs> I sulk. I like you know. So I like soon as the game is off. Like now, if we would have won, I would went to my normal routine. Mm-hmm. I probably would have watched all the way to like 12:30, 1 o'clock with Kenny, and yep. even though they're not doing the game. Speaking of, did y'all see that thing Jalen did yesterday? Jalen versus everybody. Man, that was dope. That's it. I gotta say, you gotta see that. You gotta listen to Jalen and Jacoby, their podcast. Here at Day One Lifestyle and Friends, we support anyone doing a podcast. These guys are a little bit bigger than us, of course. Right, you right. know, Jalen Rose, you know, a little bit bigger than us. But it's always good to listen to other podcasts too. And if you guys like sports podcasts, I, I'd suggest Jalen and Jacoby. They they do a lot of fun things on there. It's not all sports. They they do one of my favorite segments. You know, of course, I wasn't gonna copy it, but uh, it's called Soft Move or Boss Move, and you'll have. All kind of people calling, you know, hey, uh, taking a girl out to dinner on this date or a soft move, boss move, or do this or do that. And they just make it a lot of interactive stuff. So it's it's a cool podcast. So I, that made me kind of really enjoy Jalen Rose. We're gonna, a lot of people tell me they don't like him at all, but I'm like, you got to listen to his podcast. I like Jalen. I like Jalen. I just, the, you know, kind of like for some reason, and Hyphen been trying, you know, Hyphen, shout out Big Hyphen, his, he had a podcast too. He been trying to get me on Jalen Jacoby stuff too, but it just reminded me too much of who we just talking about the other day, Bill, um, Bill Simmons, and <sighs> Bill Simmons. you're a Bill Simmons hater, aren't you? I'm, I'm not a hater because, like I said, he's came up with come up with a couple of things because I like Grantland. Yeah, Grantland's a thirty great for thirties. I think yeah, one of the best ESPN he, things he that ever happened. He produces so. some dope stuff, but when he was on the mic, I, did, I just didn't feel it. Yeah, it was, it was a little too much greeny for me to be in. I think a morning. Morning sports show and giving your personal beliefs is fine, but when you're on primetime TV talking about the Celtics, yeah, and you and your little conspiracy theories, 
that just that was not the place for that, and yeah. I was not with that. I think you'd like. I think you'd like his podcast though, possibly. I actually watched a little bit yesterday. Okay, I did. See, because I like he his his interview with Durant. He did it two times this year so far, and one was just in his basement, uh, in Durant's basement, I guess. It was really good. He just had Ice Cube on actually talking about the Raiders and uh, you know other stuff going on. He gets some good people on his on his podcast. I honestly think they're catching up with them TNT boys. You know, a couple of things that Jalen brought up when well, he definitely brought in um, the music chains. And, you know, he wanted people like, oh, we got the best jukebox game in the business. You know, he'd be saying that. I, they're a little bit more. Him and Chauncey, him, Chauncey and Beatle, they got a nice little chemistry going on. So, yeah. And after seeing that yesterday with the Jalen, was it Jalen versus everybody? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Jalen versus everybody. That really made me a fan. I mean, and come on, man. I'm from the Fat Five days. I saw that in real time. You know what I'm saying? So Be, Being from Ohio, though, who did you like growing up? Did you like Fat well, Five? I was traveling so much in my younger days that I really didn't have a team like that. The only team I had when I was young like that was the Browns. I wasn't even a Cavs fan back Don't then. go around telling people that, man. Man, what you doing, my man? I'm <laughs> proud. Don't go around telling Bro, people that. Let me tell you this, man. There's no bigger fanhood than Browns. You, you can't. That's that's the definition of the best fan in the world is to be on a a team that's having difficulty winning. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna say something else. But to me, that's the real definition of fanhood. And I, I want to give a quick shout out too to my uh, one of my old baseball coaches, Coach Cyrus. He's a he's a diehard Browns fan too. What? Uh, and we would always go on uh, me, his son Rex, and all the other guys out there. We would just. Every every single chance we got, we would go on his brown, uh, brown fanism, mm. and he would just walk away. Because it's, 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 <laughs> it's an easy hit. It is. It it's is. an easy hit. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a what is it? It's just a knockout punch, right? Yeah, there. It's, a, it's a setup. It's a conversation ender. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't. And then you can come back with. I can. You know, I'm like, you know, this. Our day's coming. Uh, you guys got some potential, man. We'll, we'll get. We'll leave it at that. We, we don't want to talk about the Browns. It's not even football. Dude, even AFC, football AFC North is ours. It's it's coming. AFC North is ours. It's coming. Oh. All you Steeler fans in uh, in this Morgantown area, Browns it's coming. Very, it's very interesting to me. It's interesting. You'll see. Okay. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay Lynn, yeah. Uh, did you watch the commercial? Did you see the commercial with him and Kobe? Yes. Yes. He Whoever is on his team right now, they killing it. They are killing it. They are killing it. What do you think about Kobe post-retirement? Uh, he has me um, hanging on a, on a thread right now because he's good at doing it too. This whole thing about storytelling he's going to but not telling you exactly what he's doing. You know, so I'm I'm waiting. I don't know what it is, but it's working because I'm waiting. Anytime Kobe pops up, he, he got my ear. Kobe to me is very underrated. Don't y'all think he's underrated? I I think I think he's underrated, but I feel like people just don't like him because, like they said, he never passed the ball. But I mean, he he passed. He got his teams involved, but I feel like I feel like he's underrated in the sense that he's always going to be compared to Michael Jordan. Right. And the same with LeBron, he's always going to be compared to Michael Jordan. Anybody that's a really good basketball player, right. after you know, of course, Michael Jordan's going to be compared to him. Right. And I feel like in that sense, he's underrated. But I feel like if you actually watch basketball, and you know basketball, you know he's one of the best players that we've ever players. been able to witness. Right. You know. Right. Magic too. Magic don't get his props. You know. You know. Uh, Pat Riley just came out and said he thinks Magic Johnson is the best player to ever play. Now, before we dive into that, because I already see your face, <laughs> before we dive into that. <laughs> But his competitiveness, 
his worth ag, like that's someone that you always think about when you bring up those two things. For me, I wasn't the biggest Kobe guy when he actually played, but the last two years or so has really made me appreciate him on and off the court. I tell you, it I I loved Kobe as a, as a athlete, but when he played, I thought he was an asshole. Yeah, he looked like an asshole, and now after post game. I'm like, dude, I was reading you wrong. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I just feel like I was reading him wrong. And I think he was just, he comes from that, he does come from that generation where when you play ball, you had to be an assassin. I mean, he was on the edge of what, the Pistons and Bulls, and you know, that was football, basketball back then. You even look at a lot of guys around that time, I wouldn't call them assassins, but they definitely meant business too on the court. Uh, and all of them had different personalities, but Tim Duncan, uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Now, like I said, Kobe's a different different beast too. But I'm just saying, they kind of had that same that same uh, worth ethic to me too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But Mike and Kobe, they when I say assassin, my definition is, I think they were 24 seven. Like they weren't letting you in because they wanted they wanted to be mad at you when they played you. That they knew that drove them. So they knew any off the court friendships is going to make his way back to the court some kind of way. So they wanted they. I think Kobe's like, I'll be your friend after I get done playing. Yeah. Where a lot of players are like Westbrook's kind of got that mentality though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so now, now these dudes, as soon as the game's over, man, where you going? Oh yeah, cool. I see you in about an hour. Yeah, two. get a dinner, you know, get a club. All yeah, that. yeah, that's wild. I, I, my generation didn't do that. We didn't do that. You know, you played in the same conference. Y'all did not mingle. Yeah. Now something that Muff just said though, and uh, I want to get your take on this is. I don't hear that many people, when Kobe was playing, a lot of people like to say, is he better than Jordan? I've heard people say that. I don't hear that anymore, though. I think LeBron has really focused in on that. And, you know, I listen to Jalen and all those guys, and one of one of their segments was, is, Lebr- is LeBron even in that talk? Because he they're saying he's still got four to five people that he needs to pass. Me, personally, I think LeBron's a top three player. And I know people of my generation – it's either he's one or two. I think he's top three right now, you know, but I don't know. I think when you really get into that discussion, you really have to define what you're talking about. Because it's too broad to really have a true discussion about it. They're just two different types. They Actually, they're three different types of players. Mike, Kobe, and LeBron. They're just different. You know what I'm saying? If you're saying it's the championships, if championships is what do it, well, then we know it's Mike. It's Robert Orr. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if we're going off just <laughs> right. Derek Fisher. Uh, um, James Jones. <laughs> James Jones. Shout out, James. <laughs> Shout out, James Jones one time, man. But, I mean, if you just, I mean, if you just going off eyeball, the eyeball test, like, you know, you know, what I've seen, ain't nobody touching LeBron. You ain't seen nobody with that body frame that has that kind of, you know, just take over when you want to and still be unselfish with the ball. I mean, he does every aspect of the game. You know what I'm saying? Jordan got these things he does well. You know what I'm saying? He know what he does. His mid-range game is ridiculous. Would you say Michael Jordan's a better scorer? Yes. I would say Michael Jordan's a better scorer. And then I would, then that, when I say when you say score, then the debate's between Mike and Kobe. Where will Kevin Durant end up on the best scores? My boy Chad said when he thinks it's all said and done, Kevin Durant will be the best scorer. Mm. Would you add Kyrie in there too? Kyrie's clutchness. 
cannot you cannot Kyrie there. Kyrie, Kyrie's clutch. I think KD has a shot at it. Yeah, I do. We're not saying for KD. I'm not saying clutch, best player, or anything. I'm just saying as a score. As a score. Yeah. It's 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 a good question. Yeah, we're seeing it. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing it right now in real time. Because you put a small guard on that, that dude just shoots right over top of that, and and you know. That's why I'm really hoping LeBron starts Ding up and defends KD. And like I said, it's so hard because people switch so much. And do the Cavs sw- switch? Do they hedge? What are they going to do on the screens? But I'd like to see that matchup back and forth, back and forth. I really, That's what I really wanted to get out of this finals, yeah. honestly. Well, I'll tell you what. I was talking to my brother this morning, and I was like, man, I really believe those games where he starts out going to the hole, because you know he don't do it every game. He goes, he, he just he starts the games. I think it takes a, a game or so to get his energy back from that. You know, because you're taking a lot of contact going into that paint. Just, and then just with it being the first quarter that he's doing it, so you know the adrenaline is high. And, you know, when you when, when you when that comes down and crashes and all that, and then the end of the night, I'm, I'm, I know he is, is sore, sore. And he couldn't do that for seven games. Because I know that's what people say. Why is he just not doing that all the time? I, you got to be – I mean, he's close to being Superman. He's but, human. He's human. Yeah, he's human, yeah. So – Let's talk about this Warriors team, though. Even though, you know, we got faith in the Cavs. Big question is, where does this team line up against the teams like the Bulls or the 2001 late? I mean, they're like the Lakers. Where does this Warriors team line up in amongst the greats? I'll go back to what we said earlier. I ain't seen nothing like it. Yeah. I mean, especially, I think this team is so amazing because they're not – a, a traditionally like big team they're yeah. all pretty much like smaller yeah. I guess and they're, they're a running gun where they can shoot the lights out of any gym I think that's what's so amazing and about defend. them yeah exactly they're and so defend. quick to the ball fast yeah. breaks everything someone said is, is Steph and Durant the best duel to ever play and then me and my brother knocked it out with Kobe and Shaq he just can't I don't Shaq was so crazy I remember watching the finals against AI Allen Iverson was my favorite player I know he's one of my favorite players too. My, definitely my favorite player ever Finger oh, bands. Allen Iverson was nice like that. Oh yeah, but I'll never forget that. You know, they when Lou was playing and he got when he stepped, over, stepped Lou, over Lou. I remember watching that finals and uh, I mean, yeah, Shaq was just so dynamic. I mean, dominant. True. Like LeBron, ain't seen nothing. And like KD, KD's in that too. Because when you say when I say that, it's just because you haven't seen players with that size of a body being able to do all these other parts of the games that people with their size usually just can't do. And what I think what's so amazing to me about KD is like he's he's damn near seven foot handling yeah. the ball like he's a, a 6'2 point guard. Yeah. And then his body type is not traditionally like a, a very buff guy, but yeah. I mean he can play in the paint and strap up a big guy just as easy as, you yeah. know, like a Tristan Thompson or somebody like that. So I think that's what's so amazing about KD to me. And how he crosses over and then takes it to Lang and yam on you. Have, I'm not used to seeing someone that big, that mobile. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever seen a seven-foot sham god? <laughs> Shout out to Wale for that line. <laughs> sham god. Yeah, sham god, man. You know, first of all, for some reason, I just thought about Baby Shaq when you said that. No, our Baby Shaq. <laughs> I don't know why. When you said sham god, I just thought about that. You know what I'm talking about. Shaq. Um, yeah. Runs around with Kayvon. Yeah, Shaq Smith. Shout out, shout out Shaq Smith. <laughs> he graduated. He graduated this year at W. Shout out to Shaq. So, you know, we I know we've been rambling on about a lot of different things. 
We'll keep up with the finals. We'll but, give you Eric. But back to your thing, there ain't nobody. I ain't never seen a team like this. Okay. I ain't, besides the dream team. So if the Cavs win, LeBron's the greatest, and the, and the Cavs are what? I mean, right? Hey, I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm, I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm like an abused wife or something like that, but I'm cool with the one chip. If that's all we get, you know, I've, I was, I mean, I want him to stay and all that stuff. I just got this feeling if he lose, he might leave, man. LeBron? Yeah. No, 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 no. He's staying, man. I don't know. If anything, people's going to come there. I hope so. I don't know, man. He, I'm going to tell you why. He could always go and come back whenever, or he he's done his thing. But I just feel like he's doing a lot now in that area and a lot of stuff in Ohio off the court that he's setting up. Like I said, there's no reason he can't still do that stuff and leave. He's got people that can do it for him. But you just hear all these stories about all these new schools he's, you know, uh, trying to do and other things in Ohio. I just feel like his heart, his heart's still there right now. It's just a part of me that thinks he gets bored quick. You know what I'm saying? And I think the new experiences are a little exciting to him. And this, what the Lakers are doing out there seems like it's like something's about to happen out there. Nah. No, something's about to happen with the Lake Show. I'm sorry. Magic is it's not going to drop Can, with his watch. Let's relax. Let's let's let the Clippers still try to be the better team for a little bit, all right? Y'all had y'all little run, bro. We run? What? Go to the first round of losing? We don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I'm done talking about this. Just mark that, though. Something special is happening in, with, the Lake show, with the Lakers organization. I see it. I mean, it's just lining up. Magic, Luke, they got a bunch of these picks. They're becoming that spot to be, that place to be again. Yeah. Um... Let's switch a little bit. We'll still talk a little sports, but I wanted to talk to you guys, and I've been wanting to do this for a couple episodes, and I always forget to bring it up. Favorite sports movies? Number one, baseball, Sandlot. Knocking that out the park first. Forever. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Football, I'm going with the Little Giants. It's nostalgic for me. But it was like one of my, I guess one of my very first movies that I really took liking to, and it's just it's just funny to me. But it, it really taught me a lot about like working together and pretty much like how, like you just like like you said like you find a bunch of Deladovas and they just like piece together right and they beat the like you know beat the big dogs. That's why I really like that movie. Yep. Yep. Basketball, that one is pretty much every basketball movie that's ever come out. I enjoy it. <laughs> Like there's there's not really one that I can say is my favorite. They're all good. Right. So, I mean, I like what uh, man. I literally like all of them. Literally all of them. All of them. What about you? I, no, I just want to say shout out to Icebox, Lil Jars, <laughs> Sandlot. I gotta agree with you. That's top three movies of all time for me. Me and Muff always talk about this. Very nostalgic. You and the boys cracking open a cold one. You know how that's all going around now. But that was that was back then when you would leave your house. And you would go to the pool and play baseball. And it just had that nostalgic feel to it. Y'all did that in your generation? Y'all did that kind of stuff? Yeah. 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 100%. That's the one thing. You know, you see on the AAU, we always talk about this too on the podcast, is the the playgrounds. You know, that's what I enjoy bringing truck on. Still to this day, of course, New York's York's a big place. So that's going to always be on the playground. But even back in a small town, you know, 30,000 or area that around Wheeling, people still play on the basketball courts. Not as much, but at least for me growing up, People were down in the park every day. I mean, at least 20 people were down there playing, doing whatever, you know. So, to me, Sandlot was very cool to see. Uh, that, that's my favorite basketball. Sandlot's a classic. Yeah, it's definitely a classic. Uh, that's that's got to be my baseball movie for my favorite. 
Basketball, I got to say white men can't jump. Because <laughs> you can't jump? I can get net. I can get net, man. You can fit a piece of paper on me. I ain't got to jump. I do everything else on the court. Call me call me Matthew Deladova. Uh, no, that was just a really good movie for me. I really enjoyed that. And football, that's, you know what? Hold up. Top three for me. Sandlot, white men can't jump, and hardball. Hardball is another baseball classic Ooh. for me. Shout out to G Baby, man. That that had me crying at a young age. I ain't gonna lie to you. That was a great movie. Shout out to Coffee. Shout out to all them, man. <laughs> That's a. I love. That. I'm gonna go watch that tonight, man. For real. I'm gonna I got it right here. I got it right here. Docked up for you. Uh, yeah. I was a bat boy when I was little for for the old Donahue and uh. What? Yes, when I was real little. So they. That's what they used to call me, G Baby, because you know G Baby was the bat boy for a little bit. So uh, but yeah. I, besides those three, I mean, remember Titans was a real good movie. I know I'm, I'm missing I'm missing a lot of movies. So I'm gonna let Eric come in with some. I know he's gonna bring some 1980s, some 1924. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ah, man. It's hard to pick one. It's really hard to pick one. Give me your top three. What's your top three movies? Oh, all right. For football, definitely remember the Titans. Remember the Titans is my is my joint. I just love that movie. I, but I did like Jerry Maguire too. Gary Bertier cannot replace a man. Yeah. Maguire, the thing I like about Maguire, though, was more not about football. It was more about life. But the football aspect was cool, too. I like that. But I like, I really, I think my favorite, though, with, for football is Remember the Titans. Because I just love when the way the it crossed the color lines and how the two linebackers became best friends. And yeah, I can relate to that. Because that's kind of like what I went to when I moved to West Virginia. You know? Because, um, I didn't play no organized ball in Cleveland. And I didn't play organized ball until I got here in West Virginia. And, dude, I was killing them. But that's how I bond. That's how the, the color lines crossed because, um, you know, I was hearing some crazy stuff. And, you know, that I wasn't used to. But, yeah, that movie reminds me of that. For basketball, it's a hard one because you know I want to go with more than a game because that's Bron Bron. But I have to go with the fish to save Pittsburgh. And wow. Yeah, I've heard of it. Fish Just Pittsburgh. because of Pittsburgh. This was, this was Dr. J's Space Jam. Okay, and I, I actually had a Dr. J jersey back in the yeah. day too. I ain't gonna lie to you, <laughs> blue one. Oh, that, that one was fire. Dr. J was my favorite. I didn't, I didn't like teams in NBA when I first got in. I liked players, so I didn't. I wouldn't have a team. And like I said, I think that had to do because I was moving around so much. But my favorite player was Dr. J. But they, it, that it was, was like a disco, wasn't it? It was. It was. <laughs> It was about an independent ABA league team. Um, they got a bunch. They had a tryout. A bunch of locals came in, tried out, and made it. One of my favorite characters was Set Set um, Set Shot Buford. This little like nerd guy with glasses. All he had was a set shot. You know, couldn't dribble the ball. Nothing. You know, Mark Cuban's from Pittsburgh, and a lot of people are always trying to get him to, to you know, buy the Pirates because people always say that. The owner of the Pirates never wants to spend money. I didn't know and Cuban was from Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, and that's why another person, you know, you'll you'll see people in his mention say, you know, move a team to Pittsburgh, and he just says, you know, the market's not there for it yet. But that would be awesome to have a a, a pro team because you know, also in West Virginia, all we get to see is Cavs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> Cavs. But besides that, West Virginia, you know, we don't get to see any other basketball, so okay. that'd be cool to see. Actually, I am gonna say my favorite basketball movie was Glory Road. Oh yeah, I really cool. like that one. Cause I, I, well, actually, my coach took um, our whole team to see that. Yeah, and that's I guess nostalgic for me. But like, it was like a really good message behind that, and 
I just love that movie for real. Yeah, Glory Road is a good. good. Glory Road. Like you, any basketball. There's not a bad basketball movie. Space Jam, Hoosiers. Hoosiers is really Hoosier was really close for me. Airbud, I, I, I mean. Yeah, who's I don't watch. I don't <laughs> know how many times I don't watch Hoosiers. What did you say? Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> Doug got gay. I tell you the one basketball gay. movie that I wasn't that big on was the one with Will Ferrell. And I like Will oh, Ferrell a lot. Yeah, um, Semi Pro. Uh, yeah, Semi Pro. I didn't think it was that great. It wasn't. It wasn't. I think I think it was more so meant to be. I like the I like the sports movies that more so have a message behind them. Yeah, like something that you can really be like, all right, you know, you leave and you're like, let me hit the gym right now. Right. You know, that's that's the type of movies that I like. Yes. Yeah. I watch Transformers. I feel like I can go take over the world. Yeah. I watch Sandlot. I want to go out and play. You know, I watch Glory Road. I want to go yeah. make a difference. All that stuff. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Touch the heartstrings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I watch, uh, was it NWA? I want to go make an album. All this stuff. <laughs> we'll keep you off the albums. Now, something else that I want to bring up since we're still in sports. I need to get my baseball man. Oh, go ahead. Get your baseball man. This is the best one. Go ahead. Major League. Uh, uh, let me, Rick let me say. Vaughn. Wild thing. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that ain't wild thing. That's ACDC. But, hey. But honestly, I, know, I did like Bingo Long and All-Stars. Did you ever see that? Nah. That was with Richard Never Pryor. That. It was about the black Negro leagues. The Negro. It's about the black legal. Check that out. Bingo Long and All Star. And it's a Crawford, true story. Crawford Grays. Where's that team? Crawford Grays. Pittsburgh. Is it? Yep. Because I've seen that jersey. Yeah. I've seen people wear that jersey. Huh. Fun fact for that. But. Mm, trivia. I thought of a couple other baseball movies that are not the best, but are good ones. Angels in the Outfield. Rookie of the Year. Do you guys remember Rookie of the Year? I remember Rookie of the Year. I have that on DVD. Kid messes up his arm. That's that's a good story. Yeah, I like that one. That I think to me is equivalent to um, like Mike. I think in like in the baseball sense, yeah. where it's like you got the little yeah. kid and then he has to yeah. go through this. Yeah. I think that's the equivalent to that, and that's a good basketball movie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like I like I like the enthusiasm out of you today. I yeah. like it, Ma. Another good one was um, oh, I just had it in my head. Oh. Bad news. What do you like? Bad news bears. Did you enjoy that? I thought it was all right. The first one. The first one, yeah. The first one was good. The first one was good. And I, I kind of got tired of it. But it was, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Now, see, now you're you're a big LeBron fan. Yeah. And this is going to really touch you if you're a LeBron fan. Have you seen the movie More Than a Game? Yeah. Great. That's the, that's the one I said first. Oh, okay. Yeah. I completely missed it. That's the yeah. out for a second. Yeah, but I said More Than a Game was um was uh, uh, my favorite, but I went with um Fish, um, Fish Safe Pittsburgh. Yeah. I even liked Hoop Dreams, too, though. Yeah, I remember Hoop Dreams. Yep, the that two, was with uh, two. That was two players who um, I forget who they covered. They didn't. One of them made it. Made it. it was, two players they were covering, and they came out from the same city. Yeah, and one went to a private school, and one went to a yeah. big school. Yeah. I forget what was what the name of Tupac in it? Above the rim. Above the rim. Okay. Loving hip hop. Loving loving basketball. Yeah, loving loving basketball. There's a lot of movies out there, a lot of gems. Yeah. Can't think of any that's came out in the last few years, though, honestly. Yeah. I'm getting old. Or maybe they're just not making it. I don't think they have really come out with like any movies. Well, do like you that. consider boxing a sport movie? I like Creed. I was going to say Creed was very good. Creed was very, very good. Yeah, yeah, Rocky. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I don't think there was a good a movie, a boxing movie made like Creed since Rocky. All the stuff in between, I wasn't too in between. Yeah, Creed was a great movie. That had me. I, I can't make this up. I left and I went and busted out like a hundred push ups. <laughs> I was ready to go after that movie. 
You remind me of uh, my grandmother used to take us when we lived in Cleveland. My grandma would take me and my cousins all to these double um, matinee kung fu flicks. And as soon as that movie let out, you saw about 50, 60 black kids come out the street. <laughs> <laughs> Just motivated. Oh, man. <laughs> well, hey, we, we spent a lot of time on sports. Um, we just wanted to give you those fair movies. What's your guys' fair movies? Chime in. Let us know. Let's take a couple minutes here and talk about our favorite section, the food section. Eric's always talking about how he's cooking wings all the time. As he said, he's going to make them for tonight. Yes, I am. But we've never got these wings, so let's talk a little bit about these wings. Maybe for your so next good. podcast, I'll bring y'all something over. Y'all can have some food to eat during your podcast. Oh, that'd be great. Sounds good to me on set. Waters, wings, everything. Mm. The whole nine. But let's talk about it. What, what, what's these wings? You buy them from Kroger? What are we doing here? What are we season them with? What's well, what's the idea of a wing? I got, well, can I tell you the backstory of my wings? <laughs> when I was living in Atlanta, mm-hmm. I said it's around 96 time, um, I just I needed a job. Um, so there was the South DeKalb Mall. Not again. This guy had a, uh, uh, um, like when you know how you go to the mall and they have like this little one trailer to selling in the parking lot. They might all right, he had one of those. It was one little, only about two people could fit in that trailer. But he had four wing, 50 wing droppers in there. He already had clientele picked up. He was just trying to, to, um, to um, um, he just needed help with the work. So I got the job there. But, man, he taught me how to make wings. Like, he had this sauce. Like, on Friday nights, there'd be a line of cars just outside that place waiting to get his wings. Wow. It'd be the busiest night. I worked my butt off. TLC, um, Left Eye from TLC, wow. religiously came and got his wings. He, she was like, you know, and she buy like like 100 batch of wings. She said, take them back to the studio. I was sliding her demo CDs at the same time. <laughs> you know, nothing ever happened. But, yeah, man. But, yeah, I learned to cook wings back then. And once I, yo, yeah, man, my wings are, it depends how you want them. Do you want them deep fried or you want them oven baked? I can do them both ways. I like, if it's a wing, I like it, yeah. to be honest. But, I, I mean, I, I just naturally like the fried wings mm. and throw a little sauce on there. No sauce, it doesn't matter. If they season right, I'm good. You both flip your wings? You both? Yeah. Oh, you real then? Okay, hey. I'm good. Well, I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to, <laughs> I'm talking to the real deal well, over here. Talking about wings <laughs> make me start getting a little sweat going because I start getting worked up. You're oh. talking to Gordon Ramsay's protege over here. Okay. You know, and, now, and, you I, know I'm an OG I, I on the grill, so. I don't make my though. I haven't made my own sauce yet. I haven't got that. I know it's butter based. I've got to figure that out. But I need to bring you some of my relative. Uh, shout out Donnie Gillis. He makes some crazy wings. He actually used to bring them in for school because he used to teach where I was at. And one of his sauces were called the Creeper. And it was a nice barbecue tangy. But then, it, you know, as you can imagine, it crept up on you a little bit because it had oh, a spice to like it. Kind of did, nah, so I need I to bring you some it. of that sauce because it's, I'm telling you, top five wing that you'll ever have. Well, in your I tell life. you, I wish I could figure out that guy's wing because the guy that I worked for in Atlanta. He wouldn't make the sauce on site. He, he wouldn't let nobody see it. He would make it at home, then bring it in by the, you know, the guy. And then, like, and I, like, tried to be like, no, nah, bro, this is, this is how I make my money. <laughs> Man, that's, yeah, see, I like that. And we, we definitely got to get some wings here soon then. Um, I think y'all need to do a whole wing special. No, we do. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why we're going to have one in Dirty Bird soon. Uh, but we do need to go around to all the different places. There's a lot of different wing places, and we do need to give our critique because i think this is you know a food podcast ideally not really but <laughs> as much as we talk about it look y'all just gotta have me on for that show okay please please have me we'll on see for the, we'll for see the, if we can come on slide man. You, slide come you. On, man. We'll, we'll name that segment 
diners, drive-ins, and day ones. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. You know something me and my son does? Whenever we know we're traveling, we go ready to go somewhere. What we'll do is, wherever we're ready to go, we'll go to Drivers, Dives, and Dines. See what, if there's any shows that have been covered there. If they have shows covered there, we go eat at that spot. And usually when we get, we let them know, you know, we saw y'all Drivers, Dives, and Dines. And the chef comes out from the back and he talks and all that. We make it a whole experience. Yeah, that's, that's actually very smart. Man, I was I was I forgot where I was at, but I did the same thing, and it was like a it was like a soul food restaurant, mm. and I was absolutely blown away because I I think I saw like that restaurant, it was probably like five six years ago, and I said like I'm gonna make it a, a I'm gonna I'm destined to go like go to this place basically, and when I got there, I looked them up, saw that they were within like two miles of you know the hotel I was staying at, uh-huh. went there, and it was like. That's Ten times even better. Than yeah, it yeah. was. It, I, I do think it's the experience. Yeah. It's the whole experience of, of doing it. Yeah. If, yeah. if we could have, you know, we've thought about our ideal people who we definitely want to get on the podcast, some of our goals. Definitely Bob Huggins. We want to get Bob on here. That's a big one. Now, Guy, we definitely got to get Guy on here. That's a big one. We, I mean, you got to set it up high, you know. Number yeah. three was Eric Jordan, of course. And I so we're one of three so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knock that off the list. Yeah, so we're one of three, but definitely you know, want to get Bob and, and Guy. You know, there's on. been a lot of drivers and dives done in Pittsburgh. In fact, I haven't been to one. Yeah, I did. I went to one of the breakfast spots. What the Pamela's? I went to that breakfast spot, and I'll tell you, it was a, and it was just a regular day. And that show, the drivers dives, probably aired two years before I went to the spot. Still live, still live. I can't remember. I think my wife, she, my memory's horrible. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm pretty sure it's Pamela's. But yeah. No, I agree. I'm going to Houston, so I, the only thing I've been worried about is getting some good food. That's that's the number one thing, and that's what me and Muff always talk about. If we, you know, yeah, it'd be great to be rich, be able to buy anything, but heck, just let us be comfortable in life where we can just go out to eat and not worry about if what we got to go on what certain day right. and if it's 40-cent wings. Let right. us just be able to go and prosper and have right. wings on Tuesday if we want to go get wings, you know? Right. Like I like my dream right now, not dream, but one of my aspirations is to get an island in my kitchen. Well, first I gotta expand my kitchen so it's big enough to have an island in it, so I can cook the way I want to cook. Cause right now I don't have enough space to cook the way I like to cook. You know, I'm starting to get like the other day I made my own salad dressing for the first time, like from scratch with the cilantro and the lime and and got uh, we put in there some um, ginger and stuff. Oh, it came out so good. Yeah. Cook is therapeutic for me, man. Let's talk a little bit about, I saw Starbucks actually has coffee ice cubes now in certain locations that they've been trying to work with. What do you guys think about that? Now, how does that work? Uh, it's very smart, but I think how it works is basically like, have you ever made like um, like juice or like soda, um, like popsicles? Mm-hmm. So I think it's basically the same way where they like just take the actual coffee and freeze it. And then you drop it into the uh, the coffee. So then once it, like, once it melts, it's not going to get watered down. It's just going to get more coffee-y, you know? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with espresso in that bad boy. Some espresso cubes. No. Give me three of those espresso cubes, bro. Skittles is supposedly coming out with sweet heat Skittles. And this is going to be, I guess, not until December. So I don't know how. I guess the, if you go on Instagram, there's this lady called Food Mom Junk. Uh, yeah. Junk Food Mom. Junk Food Mom. Excuse me. And uh, she supposedly 
have tried them and said they're very good. Me personally, I don't like the rig. I don't like anything cinnamon. Don't give me Fireball. I don't need any of that stuff. So I don't need Skittles. Wow. I cannot say there's one flavor of Skittle that's been terrible. But when I try these, I want to tell you those are going to be terrible. Yo, so your, your expectation is low right now. I'm willing to try them honestly because I, I like the 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 Wrigley the um, the Fireball not the Fireball gum is it the Red Hot is it like Red cinnamon Hot gum nut. yeah the cinnamon gum I, I like that and it's uh, I like the hot tamales a little bit mm. so I think I think get stuck in your teeth yeah you I feel like it. the texture is gonna be similar though so I feel like yeah. it's gonna be you know about the same thing you know mm -hmm. I, I I'll I'll try them because I have to try them I mean I try oh I'm gonna I, try them. I, I tried the bacon milkshake if you if I if you try a bacon milkshake you'll try. Basically, I'm gonna try. I'm just saying, I'm not gonna go out of my way to buy those. You know, there's so many good Skittle flavors, and I'm just yeah. not gonna get that. Well, let me give you a little little local hip hop trivia. You know, I don't think I've ever done a, a hip hop session with Ace Beans and him not bringing a bag of Skittles. I think, that, and I think he's superstitious about it too. Huh? Yeah, I don't think he thinks he can execute in the booth unless he has a couple things. One is the Skittles. Definitely is like a pint of Hennessy, and. Uh, you know, I ain't going to even mention other stuff, but yeah, <laughs> there's Skittles is Ace Beans. That's, that's this man with the trolley. He can't go anywhere with the little trolley gummy bears. Yeah, I love him, man. Like, oh, he was on the gummy bears too. For real, that must go hand in hand. Skittles and gummy bears. Skittles and gummy bears. Honestly, I just I love all the fruit candy, man. Like, but trolley is like my go-to. Like, I just I would I eat a pack almost every day. I, if I could, I just eat a pack every day, man. Like. I go to the Kroger, get the big bag with the minis in there. Oh. I go to the little gas station, get the bag with just the big gummy worms in them, man. They're I couldn't so eat gummy worms. Bro. Yeah. I mean, I know it's the same as gummy bears. Yeah. I love gummy bears. But just something about the slinky, slinky worm thing. I couldn't do it, man. Uh, did y'all know about Chico sticks? Oh, come on, man. I don't know about that. You know. Come on. Chico sticks, fruit stripe, the fruit stripe gum. We're on all that. Man, Chico sticks are the bomb to this day. You know they sell those at the dollar store. Oh, yeah. Penny candy. We used to get all that stuff. Um, I was going to tell you guys, though, we did do a Twitter question. We put it up a little bit late. We, we, next next time, we're going to start trying to get them up a day in advance because it seems like every time we do a Twitter question, we record the podcast and then... 15 to 20 people will chime in with their things. So we want to give you guys a little bit more time. But I wanted to ask you guys, and what the Twitter question for this week was, what was the worst thing you've ate or experienced at a restaurant? My boy Country Acres 304, shout out my boy Dev. He's a faithful listener. He said that his family has had a grudge against Eaton Park for the last 20 years, and it was because his brother's root beer, um, they gave it to another table. And then the the waitress, the waiter, waitress, whatever, uh, took it back from that table after someone took a drink and gave it to his brother. So they just been boycotting Eaton Park ever since. What was your guys' worst restaurant experience or the worst thing you've ever ate without putting any restaurant or anybody on blast? Because we try to stay positive on the Day One Lifestyle Friends, the podcast. I mean, I eat so good it's hard for me to remember what was not good. Um, actually, no, I think... Um, I want to say I might have been like 10 years old back in Salisbury. We went to like some random diner that I, that we'd never been to before. But actually, no, this is this is my, my worst experience. And it's in a Drake song. Why you want to fight with me? I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> went there, right, with my, my mom, my little sister. And I think I want to say my cousin came too. And I just ordered just a plain, you know, uh, fried shrimp and fries. And it took them... 20 minutes to bring out the, you know, everybody else's food. And my food still didn't come out. And I had the most basic thing out there. Right. So then 
15 minutes later, they brought out just my fries. Said, hey, you know, we're still waiting on your shrimp. Right. 20 minutes later, my fries are completely gone. My soda is completely uh, empty. And they said, hey, you know, the, the shrimp is still cooking. And at this point, everybody else has been finished for about 30 minutes. And I'm just here waiting. They bring out my shrimp and it's cold and we find the hair in it. So we're in there for basically about two hours, and all I had was a drink and fries. Didn't get a refund or anything. They just said, you know, we'll box it up for you. And I was like, all right, man, like, thanks. Thank you all for providing some great service and, and help. I'm going to do some research to know who that was. Yeah. How about yours, Eric? I can't think of nothing where, like, I ate and spit it out. But I know one of the worst eating experiences I had um, is when, um, we first hooked up with New South, the Bobby, Bubba Spark, and uh, we had a meeting with them down at um, Cheesecake Factory in Lenox Mall in Atlanta. And uh, I ordered calamari. And um, I thought we were just meeting them. We're going to go and, you know. No, real quick, Muff, you hear, did you just, he just threw that nonchalant. He's like, yeah, we were eating with Bubba Sparks down here in, in Atlanta. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> well, okay. We just, I, a few months old, we opened up for Bubba Sparks at Fairmont State. Fairmont State brought in Bubba Sparks, Trina, and they had my brother, 66240. If I would have ever seen Trina back in the day, I would have went crazy. Now you good. <laughs> and what year What year is all this taking place, Eric? This has to be like 2002, 2002. All right, 2002. I'm, I'm around that time. I know. I'm, I know I keep right. bringing stuff up, but go ahead. I'm right. just giving the listeners some insight here. Right. But he saw us. He liked what we did. We, we, um, we exchanged numbers, and then they invited us down. So I thought we were just doing a quick meet, you know, blah, blah, blah. We ate, uh, like I said, I ordered the calamari. It went, felt good going down. And at the end of the meeting, it's like, well, what y'all doing? I was like, well, you know, I was gonna, you know, just go kick it for the rest of the night. It's like, let's go to the studio. Something we wasn't thinking of. So I'm like, all right, so yeah, all right, where we going? We're going to, you know, Dungeon Dungeon. I'm like, the, the, the Dungeon? Dungeon family? Yeah, so yeah, Rico Wade down there. Like, we go down there, we go to there and, um, on the ride there, me and my brother looking at each other like, do you believe this is happening? I do not believe this is happening. Blah, blah, blah. All right, let me jump to it. We get to the studio. Him and Bubba start working on the track together. My stomach starts bubbling. And, dude, I go, <laughs> I go into Rico Wade's bathroom and threw up all over that bathroom. I was I was a little tipsy, too. Hold up. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was in there for a long time, but most of the time I was in there, I was cleaning up what I did. Cause I was like, I'm gonna wreck this for this. You know, this is our shot. And I'm in here throwing up in the bathroom. Not again. That calabar. <laughs> so yeah, that's the worst thing. Oh man. And the experience your boy had at our place that you said you didn't want to talk about, I had that same experience at that same place. What are you talking about? Cross from Kroger's on Patterson Drive. You said you didn't want to mention no Oh, oh, my boy, my boy, my yeah, boy. Oh, yeah. no, no, my boy Devin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I had that very same experience. That is wild. There. That is well, wild. it wasn't that same experience, but. No, I has, got you. Yeah. I, yeah. That's wild. Well, like I said, we like to try keeping it positive here, but I wanted to see if we caught any stories, uh, you know, just any wild stories. We appreciate Eric coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Anything that you guys want to close with for today on episode 13? Man, if you don't believe in anything, believe in my calves. You'll be able to play this back and say, he predicted it. Calves are seven. Hey, you heard it here first, man. Yeah. Hey, you know me, man. Just drink eight ounces of Tropicana orange juice every day. Be positive. Eat good. Sleep good. 
and that's it. I don't have anything to say after that. I always leave with Muff, his little insight there. But as we always say, and you guys can cut this if you want, but we appreciate everyone that's subscribing and telling people to listen to us and even sending us snaps, sending us this, saying, hey, we checked out the podcast. We really do appreciate that. We thank Eric for coming on, and we will see you guys next week on episode 14. Get your numbers up. I had to get my numbers up. Now I got it like they gave it to me. But I took it, they ain't give it to me. She really do, she really do it to me. God knew it for me. Yeah, it really fit. It's a shoe in for me. Uh. I started hooping for the Nike check. Yeah. I play tennis for the Rolex. I be in Miami.